And welcome back into the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. I am the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves, looking forward to everything that's going to be happening here through the midweek as we're now inside of three weeks for Selection Sunday and those automatic bids to go out for the 2023 NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, A lot to get to, obviously, here over the next three weeks and try to figure out uh, who's in or not. And in fact, to that end, shortly, forthwith, post hey, straight ahead. Chris Dobertine will be here from bloggingthebracket.com. I love Chris's insight on uh, what things look like right now, uh, obviously evolving day by day uh, here over the next couple of weeks on not only uh, the field, but how they're going to be seated, where they're going to be seated, who's going to be in that first four. So Chris has the insight on it from bloggingthebracket.com. We'll lean on him in just a couple of minutes. Stand by uh, for that. Uh, again, very interesting off of Monday. We'll talk about this with Chris. We see Kansas once again asserting itself in the Big 12 off that big comeback over the weekend against Baylor. They validated by beating a good TCU team with Mike Miles back in the lineup off of injury at TCU. They beat them on Monday night. They they look like, I mean, 14 quad one wins. They look like the team to beat. The defending national champs look like the defending national champs. More on that with Chris in a little bit. Also off of Monday, Duke uh, pummeling Louisville. So Duke looks pretty secure right now and getting a, a spot in the tournament under first-year coach John Shire. Not so sure about North Carolina. We'll talk with Chris Dobertine about this. Where does he have them blogging the bracket out of the ACC? We've got some showdowns of interest, too, uh, like uh, Marquette playing Creighton. Uh, that coming up on a Tuesday night here, depending on when you're hearing us, as we're out early in the week. You may be hearing us Tuesday. You may be hearing us Wednesday. You already know that Marquette Creighton result. What about UConn in the Big East? Uh, and what about a couple of other teams that that could uh, factor in here, especially in the postseason tournament? Maybe get hot. Xavier is obviously uh, in the mix, along with UConn and Marquette and Creighton. And what about Providence uh, as well? As this all unfolds uh, here over the next couple of weeks and the seeding for the Big East tournament, et cetera. Uh, in the case of Providence, Providence and uh, UConn will do battle on Wednesday night. More on that coming up. That is at UConn. That is in stores on Wednesday night. So we'll see what happens with that result as well as we rock along. Anyway, we're usually here early on in the week. We'll start being more frequent, especially with March coming next week, Selection Sunday. And you will not only want to be part of the podcast, College Basketball Coast to Coast, but you'll want to be with us on the live tune-in channel as well for College Basketball Coast to Coast. Announcement upcoming on championship games on the live channel, College Basketball Coast to Coast on TuneIn. You'll hear automatic bid championship games from some of the mid-major and smaller conferences that's all upcoming as well. The mayhem, the march to madness. Uh, the, the Big Tens, obviously, uh, while we go back to the games of importance, got uh, Indiana and Michigan State on a Tuesday night here. We'll see uh, what happens with Indiana and their their road concerns. Uh, we'll find out whether or not Michigan State gets a must-needed uh, win uh, on a Tuesday uh, at home, and we're vastly and quickly approaching the month of Tom Izzo, the month of March for that. Let's see if Michigan State can get a victory over Indiana in that rivalry game. Wednesday, by the way, in the Big Ten, we'll see Iowa and Wisconsin, where Iowa probably a little more secure. They're off the loss to Northwestern. Wisconsin off a tough loss at home uh, to Rutgers. Now needs to bounce back with Iowa. That one a Wednesday night game. We'll see how it plays out. 
here in the mid midweek in the Big Ten. So again, we cover it all. We'll give you some insight on some Western teams too with Chris Dobertine in a few moments. Thank you for finding me, by the way, uh, here wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Also, Last Word on Sports and their podcast network uh, under lastwordonsports.com slash podcasts. We love the affiliation with all of those guys and all the different sports. We're the college basketball arm of it here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. So, again, lock it in on lastwordonsports.com slash podcast for the great content, not only with college sports, but NASCAR, uh, MMA, hockey, the NBA, et cetera. All of that is forthcoming as part of, of Last Word on Sports slash podcast. Okay, so we're good there. Uh, we've got a bunch to get to. Why don't we get into this, especially with the selection committee giving a preliminary reveal this weekend. This is the one time they do this in February where they give you a peek at what they are thinking, at least up until now, on the top seeds, the top 16 teams in the tournament. Again, all of this will change. A lot of it will change in terms of seeding over the course of the next two and a half weeks, especially with conference championships, who wins those. Do teams move up from like a four seed to a two seed because of all of that in the last two and a half weeks? Do teams move back from like two to three or from two to four even? All of that jockeying going on, but the selection committee chaired by Chris Reynolds uh, did release its first preliminary bracket here in uh, in mid-February. We're going to go over that with Chris Dobertine in a few moments as all of the, the mayhem and the madness is about to get rolling. Let's get it all underway now. Let's get the discussion underway, including a little who's in or who's out on the last four in, the last four out. More of that right now on College Basketball Coast to Coast. As promised, we're coming down the home stretch, and a bracket is going to be revealed soon, so who better to set me straight when we talk college basketball coast-to-coast than the Chris Dobertine, bloggingthebracket.com. I love Chris's insight on all things with the field of 68, who's going where. Uh, I, I don't think he's publishing a bracket every 57 minutes, but it may be close to that right about now, especially on game nights. It might be that much. Uh, Chris, kind to be with me again with many different subjects to cover, including the official, uh, well, I mean, it's not official official, but the people that are going to put the official bracket out kind of gave us a peek this weekend. So we're interested in that. We're interested in some important games for this week. Of course, we're going to play a little who's in, who's out with Chris as well. Uh, good to have you, my friend. Welcome back. And we're now inside of three weeks of Selection Sunday, and we find out the bracket for real, and that's a good thing. Yeah, thank you, TJ. Uh, hilariously, the first conference tournament games of the season are a week from tonight. Yeah. Which so, where where has the season gone? I know, but this is it's getting to be that month. It's about to be that time. Cannot wait for all of this. Uh and again, we we remind everybody on this channel we'll have live games on the tune in channel, college basketball coast to coast, and we'll be promoting this, etc. Uh coming up. Uh, I can't do the full reveal on all the games, plural, but we're gonna have championship games on this channel. And I love I love this time of the year uh with March for that with the automatic bids on the line and all these smaller conferences where they know semifinals to championship game, your season is on the line to go to the NCAA tournament, or maybe it's over altogether, depending. Uh, love that part. Love that aspect. All right, so let's get in to the uh, reveal of the top 16 that was done. This is something that for the last few years, the selection committees have done. So they did the bracket reveal. Again, Chris Reynolds is the committee chair, the Bradley athletic director, all right, uh, Chris, you do this week in and week out throughout the college basketball season, multiple times a week. Did, was there a thing or two that stood out 
uh, right away from that bracket reveal. A lot of it was predictable, like who the top four teams are, mm-hmm. how many Big 12 teams would make it. Some of that was predictable. What stood out, a thing or two that stood out from the committee's top 16 reveal? I, I think the biggest thing that stood out negatively and on Twitter on Saturday, especially since I follow so many Northeastern basketball fans, was why was UConn not in the top 16 especially when you have a team like Indiana who kind of was the surprise and spoiler alert, the committee chair played in Indiana. So keep that in mind. (laughs) Um, You know, they end up being the top number four seed and, you know, pretty much nobody had kind of thought of them as being a number four seed at this point, you know, you know, knocking on the door in that group of, you know, teams that were probably on line five, Uh, you know, UConn, you know, you look at, you know, their metrics, and their wins, and yeah, they have one bad loss in that they lost to St. John's at home, which is a quad three loss, which is something Indiana doesn't have. And the general impression was is that, you know, UConn is basically being punished for, you know, being 9-7 and seven in the Big East, which, again, one of the first things they say, you know, every time they do one of these is that we look at teams as individual entities, not as part of a conference. Well, that kind of, you know, if you're punishing teams for conference record, that doesn't really kind of match up. You know, it doesn't really jive. So that was the one thing that kind of really jumped out at me. I was also surprised to see Kansas State and Iowa State as high as they were. I had been, I had knocked down Kansas State because they had been struggling over the past couple of weeks. I knocked them down to a five. But you think, you know, you have one, one seed, two, two seeds, and two, three seeds out of the Big 12. So they really, you know, are going to, you know, give those teams, I think, as much benefit of the doubt as possible, which going further down the bracket, you know, is good news for West Virginia, who beat Oklahoma State last night, for the Cowboys, who, you know, kind of faded a little bit over the past week. And then also Texas Tech, who's kind of gotten themselves into position by winning at West Virginia on Saturday. All right, so I want to go right there uh, because I love your insight. And on your point about it isn't just supposed to be about Wins and losses, it is how strong is your conference. Uh, For example, Texas Tech gets that win. And as ludicrous as it might seem on the surface, they're what? Right now, as we release this podcast on Tuesday, are they 15 and 12? I think that's what it is. They've got 12 losses. But I believe this is correct. Nine of them are quad one losses because of the bloody conference they play in being so tough. I mean, if that – I'm not making excuses. I didn't go to Texas Tech. But if that Texas Tech team is playing in the American Conference, they don't have nine losses. That's part of the – that's part of the point. So just on them specifically, and I'm kind of jumping ahead on who's in, who's out, but as as silly as it might sound, Texas Tech has a case if they can win a couple more quad one games – because the conference they're in is so tough that it skews them with 12 losses into looking like a mediocre to bad team, which may not be the case. Elaborate on that, please, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their quad one results right now, and they're 4-10 and 10 against quad one games because virtually every conference game you're playing in the Big 12 falls under that category, quadrant two at worst. The one thing that kind of hurts them is they played a brutally bad non-conference schedule outside of the games they played, you know, in the Maui Invitational where they didn't do very well. So that's kind of the one thing I think that, you know, the only win they got there was against Louisville. Right. Oh, you know, and Louisville's 308 in the net right now. 
Think about that. Louisville, 308, and there are 350-some teams. That's not great. Um, well, I mean, so, just a perfect example while we stop down on that is Louisville was the showcase ACC game on Big Monday as we released this podcast. And when they had that on paper before the year began, you're thinking, man, this is Louisville at Duke at Cameron February. It's going to be a great game. And instead, as it approached and Louisville's only got four wins, three wins, four wins, ESPN's going, can we have a running clock like a like a <laughs> like a rec league game and get this over with in about 40 minutes? Uh, of actual time, that would be nice if we could do that. It just goes to show you that when Texas Tech was uh, in the uh, Maui Invitational and they have Louisville on the docket, it looks like a good game. When they, I mean, I know Georgetown lost all their Big East games last year, but when they have Georgetown on the docket, it looks like a good game. Yeah. When they have LSU out of the SEC in the Big 12 yeah. SEC Challenge before the season began, it looks like it could be a good game. They turn out to be awful games that do nothing for you. And I know you know this. I'm just yeah. saying one more time, Texas Tech still has like Kansas, they have Oklahoma State, they have somebody else, and maybe Iowa State uh, in a rematch, I think, that are yeah. they're at the no, end no, of no. their schedule. Okay, if they win a couple of those games, are they are they not under at-large consideration at oh. this point? Yes? I mean, absolutely. I mean, the next game is really kind of the, the one that they kind of can't lose because it's Oklahoma on the road. You know, it's not going to be a bad loss computer-wise, but it's just not going to be very good prestige-wise because then you're going into TCU at home, Oklahoma State at home with the trip to Kansas in between. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at those three, and that's, you know, right there, you know, they go three and one over the stretch and just lose at Kansas. They're going to be in great position, I think, to kind of sneak in. Because one of the things that committee has always said that they hold to, and and by and large, you can point to this, show me your victories, not just your strength yeah. of schedule, but show me who you beat. And if, if they get the benefit of beating a fifth or sixth good Big 12 team that's in the tournament, that's going to be stronger than some other teams uh, that don't have as many losses, that only have a couple of important wins, or three, two or three. And meanwhile, Texas Tech, as crazy as it sounds, that they could have a 13th or a 14th loss. Chris, I believe it's the case. It's happened over and over again. The most losses for an at-large team is 14. I don't believe since the field expanded to 68, 64 and then 68, there's ever been a team with more than 14 losses at-large. Certainly there have been teams well, that's, with more than well, that. Is that correct or how close? That is that is incorrect now because we've had a couple of other tournaments where, you know, as I'm trying to load it up here, I think we're at 16 now. So there has been a 16 loss team because I thought it was 14 was the capper from uh, I think I saw last year. Michigan was it was the first time ever that a power five uh, program um, in a top three metric conference had 14 losses and made it. And that's kind of the point with Texas tech. Now this is a power power six. This is a power six conference, top three metric conference, the big 12, and they could have 14 losses and get in Texas. Tech. Well, so if somebody had it's, 16, it's 15, 15. And they're all recent Vanderbilt in 2017, Alabama in 2018 and Florida in 2019. A quick word about our partners at Ticket Smarter. Are you getting ready for the stretch run in college basketball? Are you getting ready for conference tournaments all over the place? Uh, whether that's the Big East tournament in New York, whether that's the SEC tournament in Nashville, whether that's the Big Ten tournament traditionally 
in Indianapolis, whether that is the Big 12 traditionally in uh, Kansas City, whether it's the Pac-12, which is now in Las Vegas, or the West Coast Conference every year in Las Vegas, or the Mountain West that's every year in Las Vegas. All these different leagues, conference tournaments, trying to get tickets, trying to go to the games, use our friends at Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. We want to make it worth your while, too. We want to give you a discount with our promo code. Use HOOPS23 and take $10 off your order. Whatever that ticket order is, there's no minimum spend right now. If you're getting tickets, use our promo code on Ticket Smarter's mobile app or the Ticket Smarter uh, website, TicketSmarter.com. Check out the selection at all these different sites, all the biggest games down the stretch of the season, too, in the regular season, and even once we get to NCAA tournament time. Use Hoops23 on the checkout. Get 10 bucks off your order right now with Ticket Smarter. They are intertwined all over the place with college sports, with college basketball, with conferences like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. And again, great ticket selection. Your purchase is 100% guaranteed. Utilize Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. And remember our promo code Hoops23 gets $10 off your order. Take advantage of it. Think smarter, Ticket Smarter. So 15 is the cap right now. But Texas Tech could be another one with a 15 yep. as crazy as it sounds. I know we've spent a lot of time on them. I want to wrap up on the on the committee. First, we need to disclaim again. We say this every year. This is all going to change. We all knew this. This is just the early peak kind of for interest, television. It's three weeks away. They showed you 16 teams. Was there anything else that struck you out of their reveal Saturday before we move on to more of what you do? Not at all. I was I was the one thing that kind of was positive is I was kind of surprised at the teams that they kind of had in that five seed spot, you know, kind of knocking on the door. You know, those are the same, you know, those are teams that I kind of had in that group anyway. Um, Creighton and St. Mary's I had in that line. And of course I had Miami and UConn up in the top 16, you know, so so that was a positive that we're not too far off. But like I said, I was really surprised with the amount um of, of deference that they paid to the to the Big 12 in particular. Yeah, they put five in their top 16 and what, three in the top eight, right? I believe. Yeah. Uh, on yes. their rankings. Yes. So, uh, all right, Chris Daubertine with me again, bloggingthebracket.com. Follow him at Chris Daubertine, D-O-B-B-E-R-T-E-A-N. I love his insight on all of this this time of the year. I go to him over and over and over again. I'm like uh, I'm like North Carolina trying to get the ball to uh, Armando Baycott. Uh, we're going to feed him, feed him, feed him, uh, even if it's to our detriment. And we're going to talk about Carolina in or out before our conversation is over with. All right, so as we release this, and maybe it's North Carolina off the loss to NC State on the weekend, give me a game or two, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that you have your eye on. Um and and obviously it may be for seating or it may be for at large consideration. Do you have one at the forefront Tuesday, Wednesday? Give me a couple of them if you have them. What are you looking at, Chris? Well, Tuesday is going to be a pretty big night because I'm looking at the schedule right now, and there are six games that feature teams that are currently that are matchups of teams that are in my current bracket. One of those. Iowa State and Texas, which the sad thing for that game is, is the, it's the Longhorns' home game, and it's also their home game that they put on Longhorn Network, so nobody's <laughs> going to get to see it. So I'm going to go in a different direction, that same window. You know, we also have Baylor, Kansas State, you know, in the in the early window right. at 7 right. on ESPN2. But 8.30 FS1, Marquette and Creighton. 
And Marquette right now is a four seed. Creighton is, you know, right there as a five seed, according to the committee. You know, Creighton struggled. You know, they had a lot of injuries early. They didn't have their full team. They have their full team now, and they have a really good shot at winning the Big East regular season title. And if they beat Marquette tonight, that's going to push them, you know, further to that direction. And that's also going to build their case or bolster their case for a top four seed. So that's the game tonight that I think is going to be the most interesting. When you look at Wednesday, Providence and UConn is a big one. Um, same type of thing. UConn trying to get into that top four seed line spot that they think they you know deserve to be in. That's one game to kind of keep an eye on. Um, looking at the later window that night, uh, North Carolina and Notre Dame. And as you said, you know, North Carolina is going to be very interesting in case that's a game they can't lose. And then Iowa, Wisconsin is another big mm. one. You know, with Wisconsin getting Iowa at home and Wisconsin kind of in that same position as the Tar Heels at this point. Also interesting that Kentucky is at Florida and Kentucky has helped their resume with a pair of wins over Tennessee and still some opportunity. They play Arkansas at Arkansas. They also play Auburn coming up. Uh, Kentucky looks like they will get there. Again, we're going to play some in or out uh, for the big dance here in a couple of uh, moments on this. Uh, back back to you, uh, UConn and what you were mentioning um, here for uh, Danny Hurley's team, uh, clearly in this conference, it is knockdown, drag out, and they may be able to help themselves. They've got that Providence game. I'm just going backwards here and looking. They've got the Providence game coming up, and then and then UConn obviously can help themselves with a couple of more games down the stretch, and even in the tournament, UConn could very well play themselves right back into that top four seed line, if not top three seed line, with some time still to go. Correct. That is correct, but they also have to be very careful because after Providence, their schedule is St. John's at the Garden, DePaul at home, and Villanova on the road. So those are, you know, kind of tricky games there that they don't really want to, you know, if they were playing kind of how they were, you know, back in the middle of January, that would be worrisome. Now they're playing a little bit better. I think they should be able to weather those scores, but they can't, they cannot fly back in any of those final three regular season games as our colleague mark wise calls them from the espn platforms and the sec network there are resume builders and then there are resume protectors and and in this yeah. case those last three games aren't going to build their resume per se uh they're only going to protect them don't lose don't lose in those last three and the providence one yeah looms large too and then we will say this several more times on college basketball coast to coast you can help yourself greatly on a neutral floor in the conference tournament even in like 48 hours two huge yeah. wins on a neutral floor can mean a ton chris real quick that oh absolutely and you kind of think about that you're going to have that going on and all of your parallel bubble rivals will probably be going along their rivals for seeding will be playing as well so a lot can change really especially on that thursday and that friday of conference tournament week. All right, we've reached that time. Let's get to it. Here we go. Who's in, in. or out, out for the big dance in March? You mentioned North Carolina. All right, I already know the answer, but are they in or out right now, Mr. Blogging the Bracket, with still uh, some regular season games to play and then an ACC tournament? Where do you have the Tar Heels at the moment? I have them out. 0-8 against Quad 1. Yeah, they're 5-11 against Quad 1-2. They don't have any bad losses. 
You know, their metrics are, are all within selection range, but they have got to get some victories against quality opponents. And looking at the schedule, you know, that's going to be, you know, kind of difficult because they uh, after Notre Dame, they have Florida State in the road, but they do get Virginia and Duke both at home, which I think is going to be, you know, really good for them if they can win both those games. They'll they'll be kind of like Kentucky where they've gotten a couple of good wins late that have really kind of pushed them above everybody else. North Carolina could do the same, you know, for their own case if they can take care of those two games. And again, it is not just who you played. It is that they haven't beaten any of the best quad one uh, teams uh, while we're doing the who's in, who's out. Uh, let's skip to the West. New Mexico Lobos, an interesting case study because they were rolling earlier in the year. They've had some struggles in the Mountain West. They've had an injury to one of their top players, Jalen House, who was out for a couple of games and they lost them both. House is now back. Do you have New Mexico in or out with a couple of weeks to go? I have New Mexico as the very last team in right now. Um, and there's a good reason for that. You know, I'm looking at the selection sheet. One thing the committee seemed to really value is high quality wins on the road. And they have two top 20 wins on the road against St. Mary's and San Diego State. You know, and of course, People in the East and the Midwest probably won't think much of those. Right. But, you know, that's the WCC leader. That's the, the Mountain West leader. That's going to carry some weight with the committee, I think. And, and I, I think that if they can get back on track now that they're healthier, they're going to end up being okay, though not at the seating that they probably hoped for you know, back when Mountain West play started. And interesting, as we release this podcast and look ahead to the midweek, New Mexico at Boise State, there's another resume builder chance yep. on the road. And Boise State is also in your last four in right now. So that's a very interesting head-to-head yeah. -head Wednesday night, correct? That's right. They are the last team and the penultimate, penultimate team in the field right now in my projection. Uh, all right, I hesitate to say this. Memphis Tigers, you know I'm a Tiger. Uh, I'm not sure if they are getting in at the moment. They're going to probably need a Houston uh, regular season finale win or maybe a Houston a neutral floor win in the American tournament to help them. Do you, Chris, have them in or out right now, Memphis? I have them in that last four buys group, so they're Ooh. relatively safely Ooh. in right now. Safely thing, in at the moment, subject to change, but safely in at the moment, not in the first four, right? Yes. I mean, because they have two, again, they don't have any high-quality wins, which the only opportunity they're going to have left is that game with Houston at home. But they've beaten Texas A&M. They've beaten Auburn on a neutral floor, which, and that's going to help them considerably. And now, you know, Vanderbilt's making a charge here. We talk about Texas Tech. Vanderbilt's in the same position, you know, where they're making a late run, and they've beaten Vanderbilt on the road. So, you know, their metrics are good. They're a top 40 net team, top, you know, 35 Ken Palm team. You know, the metrics love them. I think they're going to be – I think that Memphis is going to be okay, even if they don't beat Houston in the regular season finale. Mm, and again, a difference without Kendrick Davis, their best player. They lose the Houston game. No moral victories. Yeah. They were close, but they lost the game. They didn't have him there. Let's see if it makes a difference uh, if and when he is back. You mentioned Wisconsin earlier. You don't have them in at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Michigan. I'm curious about Michigan as we get into the Big Ten slate here uh, for midweek here again. Can they help themselves? 
Are they able to get a couple of wins down the stretch? They did beat Michigan State the other night, who mm-hmm. you have in the field. Uh, but what about Michigan, who on Thursday, as we project here, will play at Rutgers? Michigan out right now? Yeah. Yeah, Michigan out. They're in the next four out group at this point, um, or even further beyond that after last night, I think. Um, you know, just they have probably – they don't have the worst loss of any of the at-large contenders, but, you know, losing to Central Michigan at home was 309. And remember, mm. 363 Division One teams. <laughs> losing to the 309th-ranked team at home doesn't really help you. Um, they're going to have to do a little bit more. But, again, it's a situation where they're going to have, you know, a couple more opportunities. Rutgers, Wisconsin, at Illinois, and at Indiana. That is a really rough stretch, though, to finish with three of your last four on the road. So honestly, if they can make it out of there, you know, even at two and two, you know, let alone three and one, you know, they're going to be in position when the Big Ten tournament starts here in Chicago um, to, you know, be in, to, to win a couple more games and probably get there. And one thing you said earlier, road wins will be weighted more seemingly by the committee. They do have a road mm-hmm. win over Northwestern, who looks like a tournament team. Uh, they also have an opportunity now to beat Rutgers at Rutgers and Illinois or Indiana on the road. If they can get one or two of those road games coupled with uh, Northwestern, yeah. that may that may be enough to push them across the finish line. Yeah. Also, I'm looking out of the conference – um, and again, they don't have a significant win away from home out of the conference, yeah. if I have this correct. So they need yeah. this at the end of the year here, starting with Rutgers on the midweek at Illinois late in the year, final game at Indiana. If you want to see uh, go blue in the NCAA tournament, you got to win a couple of these games and maybe a couple of games in Chicago or in Indianapolis at the uh, at the Big Ten Chicago or Chicago in this case, in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Yeah, their best win away from home outside of the Big Ten is Pitt. And Pitt is 50th. You know, that's because you that's know, not bad. Not it's not, not bad. bad, but it's not great. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll see if that is uh that is enough. All right. The madness uh is approaching, and Chris is all over it. Plug away on how we find all your stuff uh with bloggingthebracket.com. This is his time of year. Give me the plugs on how we read and see more online, social media, et cetera. Uh, Bloggingthebracket.com, Blogging the Bracket on Facebook, Chris Daubertine and SBN Bracketology on Twitter. Uh, Wednesday is going to see a bubble lock update, you know, how many spots are still available, who's, you know, in play for those spots potentially. Um, Friday will be a, a full update heading into the weekend. Always love this guy's insight. And just one more time, all of this is going to continually change. It's going to evolve, revolve, and evolve. Come back around over the next 10 days. The bottom line is, whether you're North Carolina like we're talking about or Michigan or Texas Tech or any of these teams that we're hopping around to, you basically put yourself in the tournament or eliminate yourself if you don't win games. So either win them and and celebrate and get in or if you don't win them, don't complain. This is every year, yeah. Chris. It doesn't change. You have opportunities, nope. especially in the power conferences, to win games at the end of the year and get in. And we'll see if some of these teams 
uh, do that. My friend, thank you. I always love the insight here on college basketball, coast to coast. We'll bother you again if you let us for blogging the bracket. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Chris. Thanks, TJ. Always love Chris's insight. And again, we didn't talk a lot of Pac-12, but obviously UCLA, Arizona, USC appear to be solidified in the Pac-12. How many is the Pac-12 going to get in beyond those three? That's a great question. And is a conference like the uh, the Mountain West going to get four, maybe five in instead of the Pac-12 with the likes of, uh, of San Diego State and New Mexico and Nevada and Boise State and uh, and even Utah State battling it out? Uh, right now we didn't touch a lot on thursday that's ucla at utah they're on the swing of being at utah and at colorado and ucla uh, uh fresh off of those wins of the northern california teams on the weekend is now 14 and 2 in the conference they're still looming uh late in the year to finish up after they play this weekend with utah on thursday night and then come on the weekend to play Colorado on uh, Saturday. They'll finish up with the two Arizona teams next weekend at home. That includes Arizona in the final regular season game on March the 4th, late night on Saturday night, as Mick Cronin's team tries to get the number one seed for the tournament in Las Vegas. Arizona still currently two games behind in the loss column against, uh, against UCLA, trying to catch up with them. We'll see what happens with the wildcats here at the end of things as well down the stretch run of the season as uh they will finish up with usc and with ucla on the road remember they did beat ucla in the first matchup as well uh back uh a couple weeks ago they they were able to knock knock them off what the end of january or early february for arizona and their victory over ucla and uh, we'll see what the wildcats of tommy lloyd can do they get actually midweek off, does UCLA, or uh, does Arizona, excuse me, Tommy Lloyd's team will get midweek off before they're back in action with Arizona State coming Saturday in an early noon mountain time to uh, Eastern time start for uh, Arizona and Arizona State. That's coming this weekend. They get a little bit of a respite, then they play each other on the weekend. So we'll see what happens with the likes of Gonzaga, and uh, and also St. Mary's out of the West Coast Conference. Those are the two teams that are probably going to get in. It would have to probably take somebody pulling a shocker for the automatic bid for another West Coast Conference team to also find their way in. Thursday night in the WCC, can Gonzaga get solidify as a two seed? Can they get maybe as high as a number one seed? Probably not. But Gonzaga hosting the University of San Diego, Steve Lavin's team, not very good. And also uh, St. Mary's hosting Pacific. Again, Gonzaga and St. Mary's still looming in the regular season uh, finale for the West Coast Conference and the tournament as well in Las Vegas. All right, so we've given you a bunch. Uh, great stuff here again from Chris Dobertine, bloggingthebracket.com. Make sure you're following or subscribing to College Basketball Coast to Coast in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those. So... Uh, we love that. Again, last word on sports.com uh, slash podcast to find out more about this podcast as well. And don't forget our sponsor, Ticket Smarter, and that promo code HOOPS23. Take $10 off the order for any of these regular season games, the conference tournaments that are coming up from Madison Square Garden uh, all the way to the SEC in Nashville, the Big Ten in Chicago, the Pac-12 like we've been talking about in Las Vegas, WCC in Las Vegas, Mountain West in Las Vegas, Big 12 is in Kansas City. Uh, all these different tournaments, wherever they're going on, American Conference Tournament in Fort Worth, all of them get some great tickets and the NCAA tournament around the corner. Ticket Smarter, the Ticket Smarter app. 
and our promo code hoops23 for more from Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. All right, for now, we're good. Enjoy the games this week. Again, announcements upcoming for the live college basketball coast-to-coast championship week coverage. Stand by for that. The live channel on TuneIn will come to life, not just this podcast, but we'll come to life with live broadcast with automatic bids on the line. Stand by for that later on. Uh, More to come with all of that. For now, we are good. Thank you for tuning in with me on the nation's college basketball show, College Basketball Coast-to-Coast.